radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Is that Jesus can return at any time. He's not waiting for a Japanese nuclear power plant to melt down. No. He, he, the thing that's holding him back is his patience and love for lost humanity and nothingness. Uh, there, 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 there are no events that need to occur before Jesus comes back. And so seeing all the things that happen around us and saying, hey, hey, that means Jesus is coming. The answer is no, no. That's wrong. That's a wrong way of looking at it. Jesus can come at any moment. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And Luther says the only way that uh, the pronoun me and God could be in the same sentence is by this verb, have mercy. I've, got, I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, they, uh, they, they feel like wine rider. Yeah, and uh, what else am I? I can't remember. I can't remember them, them all either. Up. They're just too <laughs> numerous. <laughs> Proving that 0.1% of Lutherans have a sense of humor, this is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> That's a rough estimate. <laughs> it might be a little bit high. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Well, I rounded up. I rounded the nearest tenth of a percentage. Point one. <laughs> the, I don't the, know if that is scientific accuracy. Uh, do you have? Do you have you done the research to support that reporting? I mean, you know, since we're the excellence in Lutheran journalism here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's probably accurate. I mean. It's accurate as any other stat you hear on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> True enough. So we're going to be doing a little uh, Ten Commandments in the News. I think you're pretty excited about the article oh. you have oh, yeah. for us today. Um, I probably should have been thinking about the commandments involved since you already told me what it was. Um, but then we're going to play in some Bible Beast, so um, the kind of some classic table talk radio games for today's broadcast. That's right. Our other new and exciting games fell through. <laughs> Shock. Uh, but we uh, want to go to some uh, uh, buzzwords. Do you have a buzzword for me, Pastor? Whitman? I do have a buzzword for you. Kapow! Ready. Brought to you by this thing, which is the Random Theopedia. I can't believe this is on here. Communicatio idiomaticum. Oh, really? E. Yeah. Communicatio idiomaticum sounds like the Latin way of saying communication of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but in fact, <laughs> it is Latin for the communication of properties. Idios is a Latin coming from the Greek, idios, which means belonging to itself, so the thing that belongs to itself. So communication of properties is used to explain specific aspects of the incarnation, how the divine properties are communicated to Jesus' human nature, and how the human properties are communicated to the divine nature. It is also used to ascribe both the divine and human properties to the person of Jesus. So they, I, so Jesus, uh, the divine nature and the human nature of Jesus have divine attributes and human attributes, of course. But those are communicated to one another through the personal union. And the phrase that we use to speak about that is communicatio idiomaticum. Very good. My theological buzz phrase for you is imputed righteousness. I'm going to read this from uh, our friends over at theopedia.com. Uh -oh. It says, imputed righteousness means that upon repentance and belief in Christ, individuals are for forensically declared righteous. Well, there you go. 
<laughs> this righteousness is not the believer's own, rather it is Christ's own righteousness imputed to the believer. Imputed righteousness is one of the classic doctrines of Protestantism. There's an ism. And traces back through the Reformers, chiefly John Calvin and Martin Luther. These men stood against the Roman Catholic doctrine of infused righteousness, where the righteousness of the saints and of Christ is gradually infused to the believer through the sacraments. For the Catholic, infused righteousness either gradually dissipates as the believer takes part in worldly sins or is enhanced by good works. If the believer dies without having the fullness of righteousness coming in part from the last rites, he or she will temporarily spend time in purgatory until the sinful status is purged from his or her record. Oh. So that's okay. a pretty nice comparison, I think, of imputed versus uh, infused. Gratia infusa. I'd like to say infusa because it sounds like the guy from... Um from the Madagascar cartoon. The Fusa. Hmm. That's how I learned my Latin from cartoons. Do, do you remember seeing all those penguins when we were over there in Madagascar? That was awesome. Smile and wave, boys. <laughs> Smile and wave. All right, let's go to the voicemail system. You can give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. Let's see what we have waiting for us today. Hey, guys, it's Lewis. Olvine from Boars in the Vineyard. Yes, I know there that are guy. other oh, podcasts that exist out there. That's good news for your listeners doubtful. because they don't have to go through the mediocrity of what you guys offer every week. Hey, hey, hey. This is a sabotage right, voicemail. Boars in the Vineyard.com. Have a great day, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I was trying, trying to censor that. Hey, this is just kind of a shameless plug, so... I know. You're not fast enough with the beep. I didn't, I didn't want anyone, anyone to hear boresinthevineyard.com. <laughs> oh, <geez>. beep. <laughs> Man. This, this, working the sensor button is not easy. Good thing uh, you hardly need it. Oh, oh, I thought you were about to say something. Okay, well, uh, thanks for that. 1-800-385-SOLA if you have a comment or question. 1-800-385-7652. Is the number. You can also send us an email at questions at tabletalkradio.org. And, uh, Pastor, do we have anything rolling into that inbox? Man, I got loads of emails. We get emails every day from Chris from Tillamook. <laughs> uh, I, got, I got one, though, from Lisa. Oh, Lisa. Lisa writes from New York. Hello, Pastor. Who's this to? Oh, this is to me. You didn't get this one. Aww. I think it would be fun if each of your games had its own bump music. You should ask your listeners to suggest songs for different games. I'll go first. Eye of the Tiger for Iron Preacher. That's pretty good, except for the Iron Preacher is actually the only game that actually has designated bump music already. <laughs> and that is? Don't you remember? Uh, back in Black. Isn't it Back in Black by ACDC? Well, that or uh, Iron Man. Oh. Anyway, respectfully, Lisa from New York. Now, I think this is a good idea for uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one is it cuts down on time for show prep. Yes, apparently. Like I mean, that. I don't know anything about that. I've never done. But you pick all the songs. That must take some time, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, the other reason is then I would know what games we were going to play as soon as you started the bump music before you even <laughs> said what games we're playing, which would be about 20 more seconds or so 
to actually get ready for the game. Ah, so, this, dear this listener, yes. uh, if you want to submit uh, game uh, music suggestions for bump songs, please submit those. And if we choose your song as a theme song for a game, uh, I think the award is 10,000 Table Talk Radio points. So, there you go. Wait, are you just like printing these Table Talk Radio points like the U.S. government? Oh, yeah. Man, I didn't know you had I got another idea. email. Okay. Mark from Nebraska writes, Dear Pastor Wolfmuller, I was just listening to your appearance on Issues Etc. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I was listening to your broadcast on... <laughs> do you remember that time I went to the thing in Wyoming and uh, I was in line to register for a conference? I think I told you this story. And... Um, and she, and uh, and I said, yeah, my name is uh, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. And the lady said, oh, I've heard Table Talk Radio. You're great when you're on issues, etc. <laughs> <laughs> I got myself a regular gig on the... Are you ready for the beep? I got myself issues, etc. Uh, <laughs> because Catchelmeyer does. You know, my Bible be arch nemesis, so I can't... <laughs> uh, Mark continues. I was listening to your uh, appearance on... Regarding Christ's call to us to rest in him and how evangelicals turn this into a work of the law that must be done before we're saved, I got to thinking about another time Jesus called someone to him. Consider Lazarus. How much of a part did the dead man Lazarus play in coming to Jesus when Jesus called him from the grave? A lot. He had to dead die Dead men don't walk. So it is with us. God bless. Mark, Kearney, Nebraska. Good point, Kearney. Mark. Kearney, Nebraska. What did I say? You said Kearney. I don't know where Kearney, Nebraska is. That's how it's spelled. K-E-A-R-N-E-Y. Kearney. Okay. That's our that's our Nebraska outreach program right there. <laughs> that's what that is. Mark makes a fine point. Jesus says, uh, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus thinks about it for a little while. There was music playing in the background. Ba-dee-dee-dee-dee. And uh, someone in the background saying, Lazarus, if you feel Jesus tugging on your heart, then Go to stand the... up from the grave. Yeah, say this, prayer, no. say this prayer after me. Jesus commands it, and it is done. Done, done, done. Done, done, done. <laughs> yeah. good. Got it? Got it. Okay, that's a good point. If you want to give us a, your feedback, your comments, or your questions, you can do so. By sending us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org, or by giving us a call at 1-800-385-SOLA. That's S-O-L-A. 1-800-385-7652 is the number. When we get back from this commercial break, we're going to play some Ten Commandments in the News, uh, a story, I think, about a woman who has had uh, her fair share of conversions. We'll see what that's all about. And then uh, following Ten Commandments in the News, we're going to be uh, playing some Bible Bee. I have a new little spin on this game, Bible Bee. Just what? A, a way to uh, uh, you know, avoid show prep. I'll explain that when we get to it. Uh, don't forget to check out our website. Is table. there a random Bible verse button? <laughs> <on> <laughs> <Theopedia>? Yep. Uh, <laughs> wow, we'll be digging man. that. Yeah, so you're all my show prep's coming from the Bible verse generator. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio. It's like spinach. 
We know you don't want to, but it's good for you. On the cutting edge of Trendy, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. Pastor oh, is explaining to Are me ever? all the uh, all the secrets and tricks to Instagram and Twitter. Oh, was it interesting? You missed out <laughs> on that, dear listener. All right. Oh, yeah. In this segment of the program, we're going to play a little Bible B. This is a game where we read a passage Wait from a minute. the scriptures. I thought we were going to play this other game. Like I said, we're going to be playing this game, first. Ten Commandments of the News. This is the game where yeah. we read a passage Beep. of scripture and wait for the third segment to play Bible B. But for... <laughs> <laughs> You're so excited about your random Bible verse generator. Heck I yeah, look I am. Look at Google. this thing. Okay, so tell me, um, <laughs> tell me about. All this. right, ready for this one? I'm ready. Here, this is from Huff Post, also oh. known as the Huffington Post. Is that but is that, that conservative newspaper? Oh yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. How an Illinois mom converted to Islam and found peace and joy doing her very first Hajj. Aha. <laughs> My goodness. Kristen Zerzinski is a 53-year-old mom from Palo Hills, Illinois. Born into a Missouri Synod Lutheran family, she first converted to Catholicism before finding her place in Islam. This year, Zerzinski was one of the hundreds of thousands of Muslims who were drawn to Mecca. That's drawn to Mecca. Between October 2nd to 7th to complete the fifth pillar of Islam, the Hajj. Remember, Islam doesn't have doctrines, it has pillars. Mm-hmm. She tells HuffPost about her experience below. Some answers have been edited in length and clarity. One, how did you come to Islam, and what was it about the religion of peace that moved you? I added that of peace part. <laughs> I didn't even need to add it, because everyone knows religion, Islam is a religion of peace. Mm-hmm. Just like all the Christians Especially if in you, the Middle if, East. Especially if you prefer, instead of being in one piece, to being in two. <laughs> <laughs> Christian answers. I was a special assignment reporter for the Star newspaper in suburban Chicago in 2000. I was assigned to cover the Arab community. At the time, I didn't know anything about Islam. I was raised in Missouri Synod Lutheran and had been taught that all religions and prophets that come after Jesus were false. During the six weeks I had for research, I interviewed many, many Arab Muslims. My conversion was not something that happened overnight. It probably took more than 18 months. I was fascinated to learn that Islam had all the same stories as the Bible as well as the same characters. Mm. Okay. Okay, keep going. To back up a bit, I was raised Lutheran, but converted to Catholicism when I was about 40. I like it, by the way, how they don't, she doesn't call Lutheran an ism, but she does call Catholicism an ism. I appreciate that little nuance. (laughs) I wanted to belong to a large community, and I was intrigued by the Catholic Church. Since my husband at the time was Catholic, (laughs) your husband at the time, Mm I decided to join the church. That had a huge impact on my later conversion to Islam, because where the Lutheran church believed in the Bible literally, the Catholic church encouraged knowledge, questions, and also gave us the historical context for the books contained in the Christian canon. This allowed me to open my mind to the possibility that the Koran was truly the revealed word of God. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Once I came to believe this, it was an easy step to believe Muhammad, peace be upon him, was the messenger and prophet. The harder part was letting go of my belief that Jesus was the Son of God. Ultimately, it was the passages in the Koran where God tells us that he was not begotten, nor has he begotten, and similar ones, and finally, that finally helped me. 
Also, Jesus figures prominently in Islam, so I wasn't letting go of him. Just the idea that he's God. <laughs> then uh, There's one more. This is crazy. Here, oh, you want another paragraph? In the end, my conversion came while I was praying. The date was July 21st, 2001. I was in a hotel room in Washington, D.C., where I'd gone to cover a meeting for a magazine I was writing for. I had the Quran open on the bed before me, and I was actually on my knees praying, asking God to lead me to the truth, when I suddenly I declared the Shahada that there's no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. I later made a public declaration in Arabic for all, but for all purposes, it was that moment that I became Muslim. I love Islam because of its purity, its simplicity, and its truth. Muslims I met were very pleasant, patient, and well-mannered people. Okay. Um, I, what I think is most interesting about this whole thing is that she goes uh, from being a Missouri Synod Lutheran who believed that the Bible was literal and the thankfulness she has in that the catholic church would open her mind to not understanding the bible literally but somehow it's okay to understand the quran literally when it says jesus is not the son of god so how could it be a criticism of the lutheran church missouri synod to take the bible literally when the muslims say to take the quran literally i don't i don't if you start looking for consistencies in this article you my friend are going to have a difficult time you mean like I mean, when she admires islam because of its truth and simplicity and purity yeah, that's right. What I admire about the Catholic Church is they didn't say that things were true. What I what I admire about Islam is that it says these things are true. Um, I mean, <laughs> admiring the truth of Islam, like uh, when Muhammad was raised from the dead. Oh wait, no, that's Jesus. Sorry, never mind. Never mind. I I know it. You, oh man. The Catholic Church encouraged knowledge, questions, and gave us the historical context for the books that uh, were contained in the Christian canon. This allowed me to open my mind to the possibility that the Koran was truly the revealed Word of God. How does those things fit together? It's like, well, if the Bible isn't true, then the Koran probably is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man. Well, I, I think that what we can point out here is is that islam has this appeal of being a religion of the law which is very appealing to the uh to the natural man i mean this this is kind of like uh preaching a religion of the law to the sinful uh self the sinful nature is kind of like asking a five-year-old if he wants a candy cane i mean it not not too many. I really love that analogy. Not too many five year olds are gonna say, No, 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 no. I don't want that. What? Candy? candy? He's got candy. I'm going with him. <laughs> yeah. Remember that Seinfeld skin? <laughs> Who's giving away candy? Everyone we know is giving away candy. I'll, I'll be part of it. I'll, I'll wear, wear that. <laughs> so um preaching so say it again. Preaching the law to the sinful flesh is like giving candy to a five year old. Yeah, because look, this is this is what the sinful flesh wants is things Hold on, I'm to tweet do. That I want. Okay, be sure to cite me if you have enough characters. Um, what this what the sinful flesh wants is things to do, so thereby uh, have certainty. Or uh, I mean, you don't really have certainty of salvation in Islam, but but it wants things to do to declare what oneself righteous, right? So uh, I'm gonna. Um, go through my self-purification and fasting. I'm going to make my trip to Mecca. I'm going to 
establish daily prayers. And because I'm doing these five things, we have this ladder of moralism going on. Um, rather, what, what uh, Christianity offers is far less appealing to the flesh, but that's kind of the point, um, that it would crush, it would kill, it would, it would point out the fact that I'm a sinner, particularly if you read the Bible literally. <laughs> but it would also uh, show us that Christ lived and died in our place and uh, suffered all um, the, the death that we deserved, and uh, rose again on the third day, showing that we are now right with God, not because of our keeping of any commands, not because of our fasting or because of a trip to uh, Jerusalem or anything, but we're righteous because God has said so, uh, because of the work of Jesus. And you but, don't get that in Islam. But look, if you if you you get Jesus in Islam, you just don't get the crucified Jesus, <laughs> right? Yeah, or or the, do, or the Jesus that's uh, God in in human flesh. Yeah, yeah, the Jesus that can actually save you. I mean, because so you, because that assaults the ability that we have to save ourselves. Right, right. So so in Islam, you you have the um, idea of of atonement completely rejected. The idea that one cannot die for the sins of another. The Quran says. So now you, it's all up to you. You know, you're you're at the the mercy of Allah, and uh, He makes no promises. And and I think that is a big difference. That does God does uh, God follow? Hold on, some... I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet that Evan Gagline. Allah makes no promises. Right. Um, except for I, sh- I should the qual the qualification to that is except for um, if you die for jihad, but. <laughs> That's um, one promise: is if you kill the infidel. Yeah. It's so amazing. But, okay, but oh, see, this is God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit does peace. not owe us anything except for the fact that He has bound Himself to His to His promise. That He's given you a promise that I will that I forgive you of all your sins. Um, that's the that's the promise he's issued. So I mean, here you have I mean, this this is completely incompatible in in uh, uh, Islamic theology that God would bind himself to humans, that he has made a promise and he's going to stick to it. Uh, that That is outside the realm of possibility in Islam, that God would never do such a thing to, to sinful human beings. But that's our Lord. He, he subjects himself to sinners. Here's question six of this interview. What were you searching for during the pilgrimage? Did you find it? This lady answers. What I wanted most out of my journey is to find a deeper relationship with my Creator to get to the place where I have, it's, see, it's, a, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. You didn't know that. To get to the place where I have confidence of my conviction that God is all I need or will ever need, I was praying for this absolute intuitive trust because who, because who have attained this level of faith are never worried or discouraged. I believe I absolutely found what I was looking for, although I also realize that this is something I have to work on every day. In Mecca, in the presence of the Kaaba, I felt God's presence in a way I never have before at any time in my life. There was an overwhelming feeling of love that inspired trust and confidence. I could pour my heart out. I could ask for anything and worship God. We should have been playing Witch Ladder with this story. <laughs> I know. I know it. All right. When we get back from this break, we're going to be uh, trying to nail down some commandments for this story and then go on to the game Bible Bee. You're listening to the one, the only, Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this break.
original way in the English language to indicate we are using the singular you. But thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio. Boy, you're welcome back. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, you're welcome back. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> hey, do you know that my grandfather, my dad's mom's maiden name, I know you're thinking about this a lot, is Bach. In yeah, fact, yeah, related yeah. to Johann Sebastian Bach. His, only her dad, friend. her dad was named Welcome. <laughs> Serious. Welcome Bach. Boy, <laughs> Bach should have took on her name. Isn't that a great name? Oh, man. They just don't name kids like they used to anymore. Who was the fifth evangelist? Welcome. Welcome, Bach. Ah, uh, you don't get my classical Fifth music humor. Don't worry. Hey, okay, so uh, we've been listening to Pastor Wolf there read this article about a uh, suburban mom who uh, grows up LCMS, then becomes Catholic, then becomes Muslim, and the joy that she has in this, because she was looking for the reassurance of this innate uh, thought that she needed to be uh, have a strong relationship with God, and that she can trust in Him completely. And that was felt in Islam. So, I have... Man, this is a real mess. Do you know? <laughs> this is an unholy mess. Yeah. This whole thing. I mean, everything is wrong with it. I mean, her... The, I believe that... I, the Lutheran Church believed the Bible, so I couldn't do that. I had to become Catholic. And I wanted a big, big community. I mean, I guess if you just want a big community, it's good to go on the Hajj, because there's like a million people walking around the rock. Yeah. Um, I, okay. I'm, I'm always wondering why uh, women would convert to Islam. I mean... The same reason why the baby eats the candy. <laughs> because the baby wants to be persecuted? <laughs> I mean, I just... I mean, not persecuted was the wrong word there, but uh, mistreated, I guess. I mean, look, it's just a, a reading... But there should be a rule. Before you... Become a Muslim, you should read the Quran. It's <laughs> probably a good idea. Okay, uh, first commandment, I'm going to go and venture a guess, is involved in this uh, story. I'd say. You shall have no other gods. Um, and, I'm, and I am, by the way, taking the Ten Commandments literally here. Um, I'm going to go with the <laughs> second commandment, misusing the Lord's judge. name. You got to, you, you instead of read the Bible literally, you got to be open to, th- what does this say? Knowledge and questions. That's a, that's normally what I hear people describe in the Catholic Church. That's how it is. They encourage knowledge and questions. <laughs> no, <laughs> false. They they encourage uh, submit submission to the authority. <laughs> you could well, you could question anything except for the Pope and any any of his successors. I mean, look, you I, I, a seventh grader questions his priest on something he's teaching in confirmation classes. That's not okay. I'm just saying. Um, third commandment, right? Yeah, I'm pretty much worship, hitting false I'm, worship. I'm pretty much hitting all the first table. <laughs> yep. Okay, now let's be interesting. Uh, this lady is is a mom, so that's fourth commandment. Yep. Um, and sixth commandment, if you think about it hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> she, she said she converted to Catholicism because she used to be married to a Catholic man. Oh, okay. Apparently, there, she's not married anymore. Right. Um. Fifth commandment with Islam, dying yeah. for jihad. Yeah. Being killed by it, one or the other. Um, 
this reporter is is uh, making a, a news report, a, a story about her journey. That's Eighth Commandment. Yep. That's all I got. Got any others? Um, no, that sounds good. All right, let's play a little Bible B. This is uh, I'll read a few passages here, and you have to guess what book of the Bible it's in. And I am using, uh, let's see what is this, BibleDice.com, which pulls no up a way. random stri- scripture for you. That's great. Let's see here. Let me go to that. Oh, no. I would never pick this for you because it's way too easy. Well, give it to me. (laughs) All right. I'm just, the only reason you're going to be getting points in the Bible Bee today is because I'm using this website, uh, Bible Verse Generator thing. This is what it says. I'm there too, so it'll be easy. Okay. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, it is easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth, <laughs> rejoiceth not in iniquity. But I think rejoiceth your pronunciation in, is breaking one of the commandments. <laughs> but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. <laughs> Apparently, this is King James Bible verse generator. By the way, this should come with a warning that we do not recommend random Bible verse. In fact, the way you should read the Bible. Uh, should be systematic. It should be on a WordPress blog like the one Pastor Wolfmother. You has. should probably go on over to rightlydivided.wordpress.com, find daily yeah, devotions so with instructions. That's a good way to read the Bible. Are we, Not by the way, open... using this for all plugs? <laughs> Do you think that the Holy Spirit is somehow running the code on this random? A Bible verse generator? That's what God wanted me to read to you. This is the old thing where you just open the page and pick a verse. Uh, by the way, then, the, the, the thing picked the verse from the New Testament. That's what you sounded a lot like, because Paul, in fact, uses those ifs a lot in his writing. Beareth and endureth. That sounds a lot like St. Paul to me. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Do you get the joke? No. So uh, I think this sounds like St. Paul, who wrote the letter 1 Corinthians to the church in Corinth. And in chapter 13, he was talking about love, which is described an awful lot like what you said there. Actually, he was talking about charity. But you're right, 1 Corinthians, so I'll give you 200 points for that. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I want, now I'm my turn to get some points here. All right. Now, how do you do it? You press on this Bible here? Uh, mine, there's a new scripture button at the very bottom. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. Whoso diggeth the pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth the stone, it will return upon him. Oh, wait a minute. We forgot to do law and gospel on the last one. Oh, yeah. Now, that gives you time. Now, the look, it looks like you op- it has a picture of an open Bible there. You see how that works? Mm-hmm. It's not actually open to the page upon which this verse is, though. Yeah, that would take a long time to take a picture of every, every page, page of, of the Bible. Bible and then link it up to the right verse. That's a lot of pages. That verse that you mentioned from 1 Corinthians 13, you have, have you given me points yet? First Corinthians, I get 200 points for the I put you book. down for 200. I'm waiting for you to give a 200 points for the chapter, by the way. Remember that rule? Oh, uh, bonus points? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never, you've never given me that obvious of a text before. Okay, so you have now have 400 points. And um, this is law. Now, the reason I know the word love can be both law 
and or gospel like this. For God so loved the world, that counts as gospel because it's God's love to us. Now, the love that we have for God and for one another is law, and that's what this is talking about. Uh, chiefly, I mean, I suppose the chapter could also be describing the love that God has for us. But this chapter is chiefly uh, talking about the contours that the love that the Christian has for their neighbor. And so this is a love generated by the Holy Spirit. This would be third use of the law if you were counting. I remember when I was in a, a youth group one day uh, a few years ago. And uh, the Bible study person said, okay, now take out the word love and put in your name and see how you're doing. <laughs> that is definitely law. <laughs> Table talk ris- listeners endure all things. <laughs> <laughs> that fits. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready for a verse. Ready? All right, I'm going to give it to you again, the one that I just said. And it goes like this. Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him. I think this sounds like some Proverbs. Is this Proverbs? Bing, 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 bing. Spore. Wow, nice um, work. This sounds like law. I'm by the I don't think you should say Proverbs. I think you could call it Proverbs. Like, either you're pro-verb or anti-verb. I'm (laughs) pro-verb. That's how the Michelinists read Proverbs. They're pro-adverb. They verbify everything. (laughs) Pro-adverbs. Church. Church. That's church. What is... That's a noun. It's (laughs) nouning. It's been verbed. That's verbing a noun. What was the... Oh, I want to guess the chapter now, too. What? What? Uh-uh. Gonna, yeah, you can't. Ju- the Proverbs is all over the place. It doesn't follow any sort of order. It's oh yeah, just, I'm going to nail this. This is no way. You were reading from Proverbs chapter thirteen. Oh no, you're wrong. Oh, what was you it? were half wrong. Twenty six. How was I half wrong? Verse thirteen. Because you guessed thirteen. Thirteen plus thirteen is twenty six. See, half wrong. Oh, Thir- okay. What Get verse it? was this? 27, 26, 27, Proverbs 26, 27. Okay, so uh, I was just looking up and... Uh, Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth a stone... See how I said rolleth? That last part you don't pronounce as much. You don't say, he that rolleth. I know all about this. I've been only reading King James lately. What do you think that's law or gospel? Sounds like law because I don't want a stone to roll back on me or to fall into a pit. Um, this is the Bible's version of karma. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, Proverbs is is giving us a lot of um, insight. Uh, uh, what advice? How, wisdom, how you, wisdom. Yeah, practical wisdom. Yeah, for, for you know, probably that uh, Solomon perhaps gives to his son or something like this. Maybe probably um, he probably had a million sons, but I think he also Solomon also had a school there. All the all the smart folks. Uh, for all the we're sending their sons over to Solomon's school, and I think this was um, this is probably his uh, textbook. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go with That's law. He's he's giving a warning. Look, if uh, if you do some nasty things, it's going to come back on you. So uh, and that's what they say it down under. All right, we're going to be right back with some more table talk radio. Finish a game of Bible Bee here, and we're going to see how many points uh, we end up with. So don't go away. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
persevering listeners in radio. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Um, I got 200 points for that, Pastor Wolf Miller. You got 400 points, man. All right. Oof. So the score is now 400 to 600. Yeah. Because you were able to guess the chapter last time from 1 Corinthians 13. I don't like this. You got a, I got this an is, easy one for you, too. This is making it, it too don't, easy. Now, don't hit it. Don't hit. I got one, and it's going to be easy. And I'm tempted to hit the get another verse <laughs> until the hard one comes up from Esther. Uh, I'm not going to, though. Okay. Well, here's your easy one. Blessed is the All man right. that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Doth means does. You should translate that. Blessed is the man who sitteth. That means sits. <laughs> I think that people can figure it out. It sounds this is close a... enough to the original. <laughs> You've got to translate this. Don't you know it's outdated? The youths these days can't understand a word if it has a TH on the end of it. You are so culturally speak, insensitive. Speak the language of the culture. Come on. Yeah. This is... Just, this is you probably... You know what? You just said, bless the man... Who does uh, who delights in the law of the Lord, etc. And pro- everyone, you know what everyone just heard? Hmm. The Broncos are playing hockey next weekend. I mean, that's how different the words are. <laughs> All you right, you are so you were Someone's kind of been drinking illiterate. from the five-two well. <laughs> it's, 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 that's the mixture. Whatever you could get a beer. You have five. Don't they call? Isn't there a five-two beer? No, three-two beer. Anyway. Different thing, different topic. Uh, you were quoting from the Bible. You were quoting with you know how it said the it had the at the end of it. It's that's how Saint Paul talks, but it's also how King <laughs> King David talks. I don't think this is King David though. Um, this talking about the wisdom of the man who delights in the laws, the law of the Lord, who 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 loves the scripture it's now this be is really embarrassing if you thing. get it wrong after i went on and on about how easy it was he doesn't talk about how he doesn't talk about the man is blessed who reads the bible but who delights in it that is something so the, in fact the bible never commands that we should delete that yeah. we should have to read it we, but, we have to delight it, in it no but it also says the second part of that verse that you're quoting out of context is and his law doth he meditate day and night yeah, I know. It doesn't say read. It says meditate. Meditate is, you know, the Luther's picture of meditation, yes, which yes. he called meditatio because he only spoke in Italian, <laughs> was the cow chewing the cud. Cud. Let me. Cud means grass that the cow's chewing. <laughs> you're so I want to be relevant. Why now, would anyone uh, listen to this uh, jargon uh, that you're talking about? Well, apparently, a cow has multiple stomachs. I don't know. I'm not real rural. <laughs> but I've heard this. So, and that what that allows the cow to do is to chew grass and stuff, whatever you put in its mouth, it'll chew it, <laughs> and it swallows it, and then it spits it back up. Now, what is, I do not the... know about that is if a cow can determine what stomach it wants to swallow to, like if it has different, or if it has to go from one to the other, or if it can swallow to like middle stomach, no, back stomach. No, he doesn't have multiple esophaguses. <laughs> He just, 
It, it, there's like compartments well, that, of the why, stomach. It's why does it matter that you have multiple stomachs? Is it like the first stomach? It, it's like it doesn't get acidic enough, so when you spit it back up, it doesn't burn your tongue. To I chew? don't know. We'll we'll bring on a four uh, H member next week, and we'll have him explain it to you. But for the time being, why don't you give I was, us a guess? I was reading the Bible. A, this is I was reading a story this morning from the Bible, King James, and it was Joseph, and it was talking about Pharaoh's dream and the cows. And instead of saying cow, it said kine. I don't even know how to say that word, K-I-N-E, which must be the old English way of saying cow. Kids these days wouldn't even know that. Now, you chew on the cud, so you swallow it, and you and then you spit it back up, and you. Th- and this is how we are with the Scriptures. We memorize the script. We think we have the words of God in our mouth, and we think about them all throughout the day. So that David said, or whoever writes this, probably Solomon, first of the three Torah Psalms, that we they're thinking about the scriptures all the time, day and night, as we go through this thing, and that our blessing comes from our delighting and our meditating on the word. Now, this is a nice way. If you wanted to begin a book like the Book of Psalms, that would be the word I would use: blessed. And I'd talk about delighting in the scripture. So I think this is the Book of Psalms, chapter one, verse one. Boom! Boy, you, <laughs> you had me worried for a while. <laughs> You're dancing around just. David dancing. Paul. I was expositing. Solomon. I don't know who this is. Ah, There's uh, three Torah Psalms. Psalm 1, Psalm 19, and Psalm 119. They all have to do with the God, delighting in God's law. That's so easy to remember because you just have to remember one number. 200 points for the book. 800, 200 points for the chapter. How many for the verse, man? 200 Whew, points for the verse. Now you got long gospel. This is going to be, well, this is both law and gospel. So this, the third commandment commands us to delight in the Scriptures. We should not despise preaching in God's Word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. That's the law. Uh, but it's in the hearing of the Lord, the Word that the Lord also gives us great comfort and peace. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So it's, I think that's going to have to count as both law and gospel. All right. I'll give you a tuner for that. So 1,400. Ready? Yes. Here's one for you. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, that means hates, he is a liar. For he that loveth, that means loves, not his brother whom he hath seen, has seen. How can he love God whom he hath not seen, has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God Love his brother also. Now, I'm going to... Sorry, I didn't translate that last one. Loveth means loves. Oh, thank you. Now, I know that this uh, if is a theme of Paul, so this is going to probably be a... uh, (laughs) That's hilarious, man. What did you think of that joke? That is hilarious. Uh, However, I think you might be um, trying to lead me astray with such advice because... (laughs) While this does appear in the New Testament and it is an epistle, I don't believe it's Doeth a Pauline epistle. Ist. Yeah. Um, I think this is in one of John's epistles. Um, and this love is a um is a a pretty big theme that appears in his first epistle. So I'm gonna go with first John. True enough. First John. Verse or no, chapter one. Verse 20. Close. Chapter 4, verse 19. <laughs> All right. Well, I get... Um, 
<laughs> so, uh, well, this I'm going to start with this first part um, that God we we love because God first loved us, and this is gospel. Um, that the, the the we as as sinful human beings are rendered completely helpless before before God and before the neighbor that we actually can't love our neighbor, but when God loves us with His grace. Um, then the uh, the new man does uh, uh, show forth uh, love for the neighbor. But that's only because of what God has first done us, done for us. So I, I guess you might be able to say that there's a third use of the law uh, idea in there, in which I would say law and gospel. But I think the focus here is primarily on the gospel. Yep. Okay, we just have about two and a half minutes to finish up this game, and I have one more round for you. Oh, yeah. Okay, and it says... O send out thy light and thy truth, let them lead me, let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Huh. Send out thy light. I know that verse. I just don't know where it is. Send out thy light and thy truth. That thy there means? That means your light. (laughs) It's a good thing we're using the King James where we have very little to comment on these verses. Send out thy light and thy truth. Lead them to this is the see the tabernacle. This tabernacle and temple is the central place where the Lord comes to meet His people. Now this is despised by every other religion because who needs a tabernacle? The, the tabernacle is God saying, "Hey, look! If I just showed up on your front door, you'd be smoked. Uh, it would demolish you. So I have to have a mechanism to where I can get my presence to you, so that it's to your benefit and not to your destruction." So all of the worship of the Old Testament is driving towards the tabernacle, and this is so important in the New Testament when Jesus says, tear down the temple, I'll build it up in three days, and he's speaking to the temple of his body. So that the incarnation, the you, you know, the communicatio idiomaticum, wait, that's my buzzword for you, is the help for us that we have the grace of God and it doesn't destroy. I mean, we have God's presence and it doesn't destroy us. Now, I think this is going to be one of the worship texts of the Old Testament, meaning also the book of Psalms is going to be my guess. Ding, Psalms. ding, ding, 200 points. Thy light and thy truth. Lead me to the... Uh, we have the, all the Psalms of Ascent, which come in in like Psalm 120 to 132. I'm going to guess Psalm 127. No. Psalm 43, verse 3. So we have oh, 30 man. seconds for you to give me a verse. Uh, light and thy truth. This... Oh, oh, really? Okay. Here it is. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said... The kingdom of God cometh, comes, not with observation. Neither shall you say, lo, here, which means, hey, here, or lo, there, hey, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Hmm. So this is either going to be the narratives of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or maybe Acts, uh, where they're retelling the story. I'm going to go with Acts. Luke 17. Oh, there it is. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the doctrine that you learn about imputed righteousness when you go on your first hodge. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.